Welcome to the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast, where we talk philosophy from the farm. I'm your host, Terrence Leahy. All right, today's guest is Paul Norton, a friend, a farmer, former employer, and the manager of Royal Oak Farm. Welcome to the show, Paul. Well, thanks for having me, T. So before we get too far underway, can you give us a brief explanation of Royal Oak Farm and how you got to be there? Sure. Well, we're an apple orchard up in northern Illinois, right outside Harvard. And uh, we started um, strictly as an apple orchard to begin with. Um, We have currently about 19,000 trees. And uh, we also do some pumpkins. We do squash gourds, ornamental corn, and a few other side crops as well. But our main focus is the apples. And um, my grandparents were the ones that started the farm back in 1992. And they had started it kind of as a retirement project. My grandpa had been in the building industry and retired out of uh, that in the late 80s and wanted to buy a piece of property, build a house, and just kind of let, you know live on the land and enjoy it. And uh, he found this piece of property uh, up here in Harvard and liked it a lot, purchased it, and um, decided to rent out most of the rest of the land and then start building a home there. And he had a friend of his from California that was um, a farmer out in California and had done a lot of organic crops and a lot of different things and wanted to rent some land from him and uh, grow some crops on it. My grandpa said, sure, go right ahead. So he started planting vegetable crops and uh, then asked, well, would it be all right if I put some fruit trees in um, by the old farmhouse? There was an old farmhouse that was located on the property here. And my grandpa said, yeah, go right ahead. That's fine. So he put in about 100 trees and there was a mixture of pears and plums and apples and you know, every kind of fruit you can imagine um, that he thought would do okay in this area. And so he planted a whole bunch of stuff. My grandpa got involved with it a little bit and enjoyed it so much. He said, you know, let's, let's just go ahead and plant a few more. So the next year they ordered a bunch of trees and uh, start putting them in that first year they put in 5,000 trees. Yeah, that's a few And uh, we thought, yeah, yeah. And we thought he was a little crazy. We thought, what are, what are you doing? That's a lot of trees. And Especially for retirement. Do you know what you're yeah. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? I mean, this is uh, that's a lot of trees to deal with. And he said, yeah, we'll figure it out. I think we're just going to grow the apples and maybe we'll bring them to farm markets or something. We'll sell them and, you know, get rid of them. I said, okay, well, sounds good. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, he planted 5,000 trees the first year. And then the second year they decided, you know, we got another piece of property in the back here. Let's go ahead and plant a few more. So they put in about another three or 4,000 that following year. So by this point, he was at 9,000 trees, and um, they started uh, producing a crop a few years later, and he decided to start bringing them to farm markets, so they did that for a little while, and then he thought, you know, it'd be really nice if we had people come to the farm here and pick them here uh, so we don't have to haul them out. So that's when they decided to open up the U-Pick operation, and um, he thought, you know, if people are coming here, they're going to want to do more than just pick apples while they're here. Let's, you know, put up a market and a uh, little gift shop and, you know, have an actual attraction here for people. So they put up a market in a gift shop and a restaurant and an entertainment area for kids with play equipment, a petting zoo. They built a whole bunch of um, additions here to the farm. They opened up for the retail operation in 97 and uh, it, it took off from there. Um, we came to be part of the operation. I myself was here in 03 and uh, my parents have come on board and my sister and brother-in-law. So we have most of the family here working and uh, involved with it. Uh, you know, from going from a retirement project to a full-fledged operation, 
um, you know, it's been quite a dramatic shift, but um, <laughs> that's what it's ended up being. So it's been exciting. It's been fun. Um, but we, you know, try to offer a lot of different things for people to do while they're here. We still go to farm markets. Um, you know, that's still part of our operation. And, um, you know, we, we focus mainly on trying to go direct to the consumer, you know, with our apples and other products, um, you know, because we feel that's the, the best connection for customers, especially because they get an opportunity to meet the farm and meet the farmer and see what we do firsthand um, and then experience the crops, you know, direct from the farm. So it's it's a great uh, combination. Yeah, there's nothing like picking your own apples. Now, yes. I know yeah, this is a question you've been asked a lot, but for the sake of the audience, because I love your answer to this question, are you guys certified organic? Well, um, when we originally started, um, like I mentioned, the guy that was involved with my grandpa was an organic grower in California before organic was even a, a buzzword. Um, that was back in the 70s and early 80s. And um, so he took a lot of that knowledge and uh, resources and started implementing them here at the farm. And so my grandpa, um, you know, jumped right on board with them. And so we were certified organic when we first opened the operation um, for the first few years. But what we found, uh, especially with the apples specifically, was that there were a lot of um, disease and pest issues that we were um, having a lot of uh, problems with that we just could not find an organic solution for. Um, there wasn't any products that were certified organic that, that dealt with them. And the first um, few years they were growing a crop, they lost 50 to 60 percent of the crop. And they just um, didn't think it was economically feasible to try to continue that operation. Yeah, that and the fact good that economics. Yeah, that and the fact that they were, you know, a lot of the certified organic products that were available at that time, um, they're having to spray too often. Um, you know, and the expense of having to go out and spray, you know, 9,000 trees adds up quickly. Um, so they, uh, there was a lot of factors that went into it. My grandpa thought, you know, um, we really need to consider looking at some other alternatives. Um, so he investigated some non-organic products, decided not to continue with the certification. Um, and to this day, we still aren't uh, certified organic, but there's still a lot of that mentality and practice that we utilize here at the farm. Um, but when it comes to certain issues um, in the Midwest area that we're in here. We just deal with apple scab and um, certain pests just horribly. And there's um, only so much that you can do um, from an organic standpoint to handle the problem um, economically. Uh, so it, it's just become a, a difficult situation to grow organically in this particular spot. If I was to continue organically, I probably would consider you know, another uh, region of the country that was more uh, properly suited for it. I know Washington State and a lot of other areas have great success growing organic apples. Um, but there's not too many operations in this area that do, and that's mainly because of the difficulties that you run into. Now, instead, you guys use an integrated pest management system, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's technically called biointensive integrated pest management. Um, which is just kind of a, a long term. <laughs> it involves a mixture of organic and non-organic practices. Um, we try to minimize the amount of spraying we do, period. Um, that's kind of the biggest point of it um, because you only want to spray when you absolutely have to. You don't want to have to be out there um, you know, every week putting products on if, if it's not necessary, especially if the problem is uh, controlled in a small portion of the orchard, not the whole orchard. You know, there's a lot more fine-tuning and micromanagement that you do with that type of program. 
But uh, what we also integrate into it is a lot of biological um, avenues for dealing with pests, um, especially. Uh, there's several new um, techniques that have come out onto the market uh, that have been adopted in the organic program, but also uh, have a lot of uses, even if you're non, non-organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very effective, very safe, and um, have been a, a great utilization for us here at the farm. And even with some of the pests you deal with with apples, we're experimenting with pheromone disruption and other um, means that, you know, save us from having to spray, period, so for that particular pest. Mm-hmm. So that's a great um, avenue, and we want to continue to learn more about that and further that, you know, as we go through each year here at the farm, because there's always a lot of information that you have to take in. And some of it is trial and error, and you have to try things and see how they work and what you can adapt to the farm uh, well, situation. Well, that's what you said, uh location is everything quite literally some of the stuff works better in the midwest where you're at some things don't yes yes that is true um you know in the midwest here we deal with a lot of humidity uh, at times um, and the pest cycles that we deal with here sometimes are more advanced than other areas where a certain area may only deal with two generations of a pest we may deal with three you know there's there's certain things like that that come into play that we always have to be mindful of and it makes it a little bit more difficult um to grow the crops here and certain crops, uh, especially like apples. But um, we felt we've adapted very well and um, mm-hmm. we've learned a lot over the years and we've been able to utilize a lot of different um, techniques and different things that have been fairly effective. And, um, you know, with the whole mindset of trying to be as ecologically sound as we can and have to minimize the amount of spraying we're doing. So those are always two things that are in the back of our mind, no matter what we're doing. Um, and I have so, to say, you guys do a fantastic job every time I've been there. I mean, everything seems like it's running smoothly and seamlessly. Yeah, well, we, we try to <laughs> we try to have that happen <laughs> as much as possible. Now, could you tell our audience a little bit about what your responsibilities at the orchard are, what kind of your average typical day during the season would look like? Yeah, well... Um, my main role at the farm is the uh, crop operations and operations in general. So um, anything that deals with uh, the crops, I handle oversight of. Um, and also uh, the main operation as well as logistically making sure everything's functioning the way it needs to. And um, I'm usually the problem solver on the farm as far as something breaks. On the- <laughs> That's <laughs> why we're the intercoms so frequently here. Paul? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get to solve a lot of uh, different problems and issues that come up. Um, a lot of that's just because I have experience with a lot of different equipment here and, you know, know a lot of uh, different things. Um, but as far as the crops go, that's my main focus. I handle most of the oversight of what's going on in the crop uh, workload and also during the season handling the products, making sure they're going where they need to, um, you know, and make sure the products are getting stocked in the cooler and, you know, moving where they need to go. Um, so that's my main role, but I also handle a lot of other, you know, smaller items throughout the farm. Um, so okay, kind of a, a jack of all trades, um, <laughs> uh, master of none, but jack of all trades. <laughs> Just keeps you running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, but, uh, it's enjoyable and, uh, you know, we, I get to handle a lot of different things throughout the day, which, um, I tend to like a very schedule. So that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year, we're mainly focusing on pruning. Uh, so we're trying to get all the trees pruned and um, ready for the spring. And then also working on equipment, you know, making sure we have everything maintained and uh, servicing anything needs to be done. So those are really our two 
main uh, priorities right now. And then as we get into spring, we deal with planting and um, we deal with uh, tree training and a lot of other activities that go on. And then once we get into the fall and uh, late summer, we're dealing with harvesting and uh, packing and washing and, you know, a lot of the activities that revolve around the apples. That's our main focus at that point. And then, you know, once we get into the late fall, then we're into the cider season and deal with cider and, um, you know, all the fun that goes with that. Um, so it does vary throughout the season. And, you know, um, my specific uh, schedule changes and fluctuates daily because not only am I dealing with the work outside, but also dealing with a lot of office work and, you know, phone calls and um, uh, dealing with distributors and different things. So it's a varied um, schedule, especially for myself. Um, and usually any schedule that you set, I always leave openings for <laughs> things that may pop up because they do every day, you know, different uh, issues that come up or something breaks or, you know, something's going wrong that you have to solve. So um, you have because to always never be... never happens on a farm. Never, ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you always have to be ready for, uh, you know, anything that can happen and be, you know, available to shift schedule and, you know, try to tackle a problem when it comes up um, and then make sure everybody's needing to be where they need to be and doing what they need to do and, you know, know what they need to do. Those are three of the biggest issues you deal with pretty much on any farm, um, you know, making sure everybody's working uh, together well and making sure, you know, everything's getting accomplished that you need to. And then, uh, you know, putting additional resources or people into the places when, when they're needed. You know, sometimes you got to grab people from over here, move them over there, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, it's always a varied schedule. Yeah. And you guys have a pretty large staff working there during the actual apple season too, right? Yeah. Yeah. During the season, um, at the peak of the apple picking season, usually from beginning of September to the end of October, um, we can have upwards of you know, 120, 130 people. Um, most of those are in part-time roles, you know, and may work um, a few days here or there, but there's others that are in, you know, full-time mm-hmm. roles during that part of the season. And then after we um, close things down um, towards the middle of November, um, then our staff, you know, dramatically drops down to just a handful of people. Mm-hmm. And and then we have a, a main crew of about four or five guys that work all through the um winter you know working on pruning and maintenance um and then once we get into spring then it ramps back up again into you know maybe 8 10 12 people um to deal with some of the crop work that needs to be done and then get the market ready and you know a lot of the other activities um coming out of winter that we deal with because uh, our main market building was shut down during the winter and then we open mm-hmm. it back up during the spring and summer um plus we start going to farm markets uh, late spring oh, um, so we have staff for the bakery Oh yeah, yeah. You would know it. <laughs> Just so the activity. audience knows, I actually used uh, to run Royal Oaks Farmers Markets, which was loads of fun for me. Yeah, and he did a great job at it too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of work going to the markets and you know making sure you have all the product and everything ready. Um, so we always have staff, you know, getting the bakery items ready and doing everything they need to do there. Um, so yeah, it starts ramping up by the time you get to May and June, and then by you know, you know, time flies and by August you're up to getting ready to open the main retail operation again. So uh, it does fluctuate a lot during the year, you know, as far as how many people we have working, but um, it ramps up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And you said you have several of your family members involved in the orchard. I obviously know that from personal experience, but being like the third generation there, and I know you have a lot of kids, are your children starting to take a bit of an interest in following after you? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I have six kids, so I, um, I have my hands full, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we have, you know, the two oldest right now are, uh, starting to get involved. Uh, Austin's 13 and he's, um, you know, helping out at the farm and, um, you know, working when he can and helping on different things. And Tim, uh, my second oldest enjoys working with animals. So he enjoys, um, taking care of some of the animals we have here at the farm and learning a lot about that. Um, so they're, they're starting to get actively involved and Caleb, even my third uh, oldest is helping out every once in a while. So, um, they're, they're starting to enjoy, um, finding their little niche here at the farm and what they like doing and helping with. And, um, it's kind of exciting to see that. And I enjoy, you know, having them, uh, tag along and watch what we're doing. I've even had Tim tag along with working with the bees and, um, some of the other things that we do at the farm. Uh, and you know, it's fun and exciting to be able to teach them about what you do and then have them enjoy it and learn from it. And, uh, you know, that's just a real fulfilling experience. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, down the road, they're going to continue to take interest in the farm. You know, it's not one of those things where I expect them to, but, um, I do being able to have them enjoy <laughs> learning about it and, and taking part in it. And, you know, hopefully that'll continue as the years go on. And that's one of the nice things about the orchard you have there. I mean, there's so many different little outlets that if they don't like one thing, there's another thing for them to try and find out where their niche is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many different things that are involved in the farm here um, that go beyond just growing apples um, because we do keep animals here at the farm. We keep bees. We have beehives here at the farm. Um, We have um, all kinds of needs and trades, whether it's plumbing, heating, uh, carpentry, whatever. I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can take an interest in here at the farm and contribute, um, that it's really enjoyable to have, uh, different outlets for, you know, the kids to figure out the things that they enjoy and uh, like doing and have interest in. Um, but even for our employees that come, you know, it's, it's enjoyable to find, um, the right spot for employees. Sometimes if certain employees like working with certain things and do a phenomenal job at that. And, you know, being able to plug them in there and utilize them there is, you know, and have them enjoy it is, is a wonderful experience. And uh, I think you end up with, um, you know, a, a better experience for the employees to be able to contribute to an area they really, truly enjoy doing and, and love doing. Um, that's always, uh, you know, a, a joy to have that. And um, for the kids, especially as they're learning the different outlets at the farm here, all the different things we do and deal with, um, you know, figuring out what they enjoy. Because even in the technology realm, we deal with a lot of technology, you know, running our website and mm-hmm. dealing with social media and all the marketing and advertising, all the other things that we do. Um, there's outlets even there that if they have interest, they can get involved with. So um, it's just such a, a enjoyable experience overall for um, the kids to enjoy it. And then even, you know, having um, employees come in and, uh, you know, not knowing really where they fit in, be able to find a spot that they really enjoy and love. And, you know, it's great to see that. So um, that's the beauty of an operation like ours. And it's kind of unique. Um, there's not a lot of operations where you see that we're so varied from everything from business to agriculture to trade to, you know, you name it, you can contribute in some way, shape or form. So um, that's a that's a wonderful thing. It truly is amazing, especially when you're able to go there and see that. And it's since I, I was involved, it was wonderful to be able to put my particular talents uh, to use in an area there, which in most farming my talents aren't always the best since I'm not good with my hands, but being good with my mouth apparently was good for farmer's markets. So 
there it went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. There's, you know, sometimes you bring employees in and they work in one area that you are, you know, hiring for and you find, you know, maybe that's not quite the right fit for them, but you, you plug them into another spot and uh, they, they excel and, and do great and love it. So um, that's one of the benefits that we do have, especially even in the seasonal operation, you know, how the fact that we're running for a short period of time, you know, in full steam and then kind of slowing down is, is finding the niches where people can contribute even in the short term. Um, and, and it's enjoyable, um, you know, to be able to have somebody find a spot where they really love and love doing and, um, you know, contribute in that way. Um, cause then everybody's skill is handling a shovel or answering phone calls. You know, there's, um, there's different <laughs> outlets for all of that and there's needs for all of that. And, um, it's just finding the right spot for the right person. Now I have a question here for you because this is honestly folks, one of the coolest things they have there. You have the world's largest apple tree maze. What was the inspiration behind that? I mean, amazing apples. That's something, I mean, just an incredible idea. What was the inspiration for it? Well, that was my uh, grandpa's idea. He, um, we've been talking for a few years about, you know, adding other attractions here at the farm and what would people really enjoy doing and, you know, trying to come up with something that was a little bit different because that's always been kind of our, our motto is, okay, if we're going to do something, let's do something that maybe is a little bit different than everything else out there. Um, and we thought about a corn maze. We thought, man, you know, that's something that customers really enjoy doing. And it's something they look, you know, they look at it a lot of other operations and say, Oh, that's kind of a neat activity. Um, but then we said, okay, well, if we're going to do a corn maze, maybe we need to do something a little bit different than just kind of your standard corn maze. Um, and my grandpa had sat down and he thought through a lot of ideas. He presented some to us, thought, you know, maybe we do something that's a little more permanent, um, that, you know, is more unique and a little different. And then, um, you know, he, he had a thought that we have um, a row of trees that we put into the farm here originally when they first, the second planting around 93, 94, um, that were done espalier uh, style. So they're they're grown horizontally on wires um, instead of a, a kind of, we used a, what was called central leader training system originally when they first started here. And this was a little bit different. It was more of a, a hedgerow type of a growing habit. And um, he wanted to have a row of it here on the farm to kind of show people, hey, there's different ways you can grow apple trees. And this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he thought, you know, we've done so well with that row. It's been in since 93, 94, and it's flourished and done well. And maybe we could take that same concept and use that for a maze and make it a maze of apple trees. Um, so that was kind of his inspiration for it. He thought, you know, maybe we can figure out a way to do this. So we talked to um, uh, one of the uh, maze architect companies and said, you know, could we design uh, an apple tree maze? And they said, yeah, we can we can do that. It shouldn't be too difficult. So they worked with us and put together a layout. And um, it took us um, really it was about a year to get all the planning figured out and then um, it took us uh, a year to put in all the trees and the posts and wires and everything um, that we had to do to establish the rows and, and different things that we're doing. Um, and it's turned out beautiful. It really has been a, a great attraction. And um, it has close to 3,000 trees in it and well over a mile and a half of paths that go through it. And if you look at it from the air, it looks like a giant apple, which is kind of <laughs> neat. Um, so, And then he, he was trying to figure out a name for it, and he mentioned it to uh, 
the rest of the family and said, yeah, can we come up? We got to come up with a name for it. And uh, we, we just, we came up with a few thoughts and we thought, ah, we don't really like any of those. So he was helping some customers out here um, the uh, the season after we put it in. And uh, he, he said, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with a name for this uh, apple tree maze we got out here. And he, um, <laughs> the customer mentioned to him, you know, uh, well, what would you give me if I come up with a name for it? He said, oh, I'll, I'll throw you in a pumpkin or something if you can come up with a name. So he went out apple picking came back and he stopped him and grabbed him and said, Hey, I got a name for you. <laughs> My grandpa's like, all right, well, what'd you come up with? He said, amazing apples. And, uh, he said, that's perfect. That's wonderful. So that's where the name came from. And, uh, it's it stuck. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a very neat attraction and very unique in the sense that people can go through pick apples, but also there's activities and games to do in there. And there's little rest stops to kind of catch your breath as you're going through, because uh, there's a lot of walking. I can say that from first-hand experience. It's a lot of walking. <laughs> You've had to walk um, more than but, once. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, many times. Um, but there's a lot of activities. There's a tower inside. You can climb up and see the whole thing. So it's a, it's a great attraction. And, um, you know, the maze portion of it was kind of the um, uniqueness of it. Um, but what we, you know, have kind of worked in is um, other activities that can be taken part you can take part in as you're in there so it's not just going through a maze it's following and doing games and you know a few other things while you're in there and those will change kind of constantly because the maze itself is set you know and isn't going to change so uh, we've designed it so we can kind of add different features and attractions to it as the years progress so that there's something always new to you know check out in there but um, you will be able to you know pick apples in there um, as you go through and it's just a great attraction and it really services what we do here at the farm which is our main occupation is growing apples and Mm -hmm. so being able to experience that in kind of a unique way um is really special it it truly is an amazing piece of agricultural architecture i mean yeah which all those things of course an apple tree maze that's perfect yeah no it is very unique and um, you know, been really blessed with that whole concept is, is, you know, it's worked out incredibly well. Now, before we kind of wrap things up here, I was wondering if there's anything you would like to share with the audience, tell them about your business or, uh, things you guys have upcoming. Well, um, this, uh, coming season, um, you know, we're planning to have a decent crop of apples. It's hard to know, you know, until you get into spring where you're going to be at, but, uh, we are looking forward to this upcoming season and believe it or not, it's going to be celebrating um, our 20th anniversary of being open. 20th anniversary. Um, wow. Yeah. Cause we opened up in 97 for uh, retail operations. So That's this right. is our 20th year at the market and gift shop and everything. So we're going to have some uh, special activities kind of centered around that. And um, it'll be a, it, it'll be an exciting year. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Um, we're going to have, um, a couple new things to check out, and um, you know, our hope is that we're going to have a, a great crop of apples to share, and um, we have some new varieties that we're putting in this year that'll be available soon. And you know, it's always exciting um, each year as the trees progress and you see growth, and uh, you know, you get the chance to pick some new apples that maybe you hadn't uh, had a chance to do before. Um, so there's going to be a lot of new things and a lot of great things in this upcoming season, um, and we're looking forward to it quite a bit. Uh, I know I am too. And before we let you go here, what is your favorite apple that you think the audience really needs to try? 
Oh, I, I, you know, I, my main apple I've always chosen has been Empire, um, mainly because it's a, a ubiquitous apple. You can pretty much use it for just about anything. It holds really well. The flavor is outstanding. It's not too sweet, not too tart. Um, I tend to not like a super sweet apple, although those tend to be the most popular. Um, so Empire is a, a really good apple, but I, I'd have to add to that um, a newer one that we've started growing the last few years is Snow Sweet, and it is a phenomenal apple. Um, it has a, a buttery-like flavor. It's really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one of the mo- most unique flavor palettes uh, you know, of, of the apple varieties. It's very... Um, different than most of the other apples. And it is an apple that's great for cooking, eating, baking, cider, anything. Um, it's it's just a, a, a real all-around, all-purpose apple. Um, so that's probably creeping up there on my, my favorite list. So those two would probably be the two I would definitely recommend checking out because uh, they are phenomenal. Um, and it's something a little bit different than Honeycrisp and Gala and some of the you know, mm-hmm. sweeter varieties. Well, that's the um, fun part about those going are, to an orchard. You get to try all yeah. those different types. Well, and that's the thing that makes apple growing so unique. I always tell people, you know, there's very few other fruits or even vegetables where there's so much variance in varieties and flavors. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, if strawberries, you know, you eat one strawberry variety and you eat a different one. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of difference, but with apples, it can be so drastic. It, it's like night and day difference. So, that's the beauty of it. You know, when you come out to the orchard, you can try six or eight different varieties and they're all different and have different uses and different purposes. And, um, there's so much uniqueness to each apple variety that makes it, um, really special. And I enjoy, um, you know, growing all different varieties and experimenting with, um, you know, trying some new varieties that, uh, you know, maybe you don't have as much familiarity with. And, um, there's just a lot of joy in that. And, um, it's something that I, I personally enjoy a lot, especially when it comes to, um, cider and some of the other variances that can come into that. Um, it's, it's just really fun. It, and it's enjoyable to try all of them because that is honestly my favorite part about going to the orchard <laughs> besides getting yeah. chat oh, with yeah. you guys. Yeah, I always tell people when they come out, try as many as you can because I can guarantee there's one you haven't tried yet that when you try, you go, oh man, how did I miss this one? <laughs> you know, it's just a really good apple. So I always tell people, try as many as you can while you're here. And don't just rely on ones you know and have tried before. There's always new ones you may never not have heard of, but you know before. And you try them and you find, man, that's that's amazing. So, um, yep, always try as many as you can while you're out here. Now, can people find you on Facebook? Uh, your what's your website? Yeah, yeah, we're located on Facebook, and then the website is um, royal www.royaloakfarmorchard.com. Um, and if you look up Royal Oak Farm Orchard on Facebook, you'll find us there too. And on Instagram and a lot of the other social media outlets, Twitter. So yeah, we have, um, a, a presence there. And then also you can uh, check us out on our website and, um, we have a listings of a lot of the different activities and different things we offer at the farm. And then as we get closer to the season, there's updates on picking and what's available when and, and all that. So well, Paul, thank you for being on the show. It's always great to talk with you. And thank you for sharing some Apple knowledge. I hope you'll be yeah, on no the show problem. again anytime. sometime. Yep, anytime. Just give me, a, give me a buzz. No problem at all. Thanks for listening to our second ever podcast. Please go and visit Royal Oak Farm once they open this year. It's a great place to spend time with the entire family. 
You can support the show by subscribing to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and take a look at our website, farmingthedream.com, or you can also type in intellectualagrarian.com to get to the same place. Take a look at our blog. Also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash intellectualagrarian.